Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for tuning in to episode 215 to kick off 2023 of Commodity Conversations. I hope you all had a nice break over the Christmas New Year period, a successful harvest and some good sale results. Now, a few months ago, we had Tim Jude from Stonex on Commodity Conversations talking about managing risk with cattle swaps. And we're following up on that today to learn about the flatback feeder steer indicator, which was used in that cattle swap. So Joe Clark is Associate Editor of Argus, and she's joining us today. Joe has experience reporting on a wide range of commodities like oil, gas, iron ore, and now agricultural products. And she's been closely involved in the creation and reporting of the Argus feeder steer indicator. So today we're going to hear how the Argus feeder steer indicator is calculated, how it's being used, how it can be used, and what other indicators Argus are exploring. Now, as always, let's take a look at a few highlights from commodity markets. So the wool market opened this week stronger than where it left off pre-Christmas. It was pushed higher by better style wool, which was really well sought after. The first week of reported lamb sales saw prices soften slightly with buyers searching for quality, but the mutton market has made up a little bit of ground after a pretty rough November and December. Last night, the USDA released their January World Agricultural Supply and Demands Estimates report. Global wheat production estimates were reduced, which was partially offset by a slight reduction in consumption, but not enough to cancel it out. While the report held little for the wheat bulls, it gave the corn and soybean market a real boost. We will catch up on these markets in more detail in next week's episode, or you can head to the Mercado website for all our free-to-access analysis. I'll leave it there today. Enjoy the episode with Joe Clark and Robert Herman. Thanks, Liv, for the introduction. And Joe, welcome to Commodity Conversations. Thanks, Rob. It's lovely to have you on board. I feel like in some parts of Australian agriculture, we're actually going to be introducing you because even though you represent uh, the Australian division, if you like, of Argus and um it's not well known. Um, so today we're going to find out a little bit more about what your company does. Can you just start by giving us a bit of an overview of the global footprint you've got? Because that was something that really, um, I guess, uh, was what I wasn't aware of. Yeah, so Argus is a price reporting agency. And we started in London doing oil pricing. And then we have expanded through the world. Um, so we have offices. We have a major office in Houston, one in London and one in Singapore. And then we have minor offices all over the place. So we have an office in uh, Japan, um, we have offices in South America, and we have offices across Europe as well. Um, And we basically focus on making sure that we assess the prices in different markets correctly. So we started in oil, uh, moved into gas and coal and iron ore, which is where I've spent the last decade or so. And now we're moving more into agricultural products. So we've we've bought... um, a company in uh, which is based in both Paris and Kiev that looks at uh, mostly grains and oil seeds. We bought them a couple of years ago. They kind of brought us into the agricultural space and now we're expanding to look at livestock and other things. And that's where we've moved to in Australia. Well, that's really exciting for Australia because um, what we're obviously interested in agriculture, Joe. Um, can you just tell us about some of the uses of your report? So when you do... Um, 
report on these markets, what are some of the businesses and, and industries that use them and how do they use these reports? So there's, there's lots of different ways that people use it. But for instance, a company that is producing the product we're pricing, they might use that either in um, benchmarking internally or externally to see how their pricing is doing compared to um, others. They may also use it in a physical contract. So they may say that we will, we will sell you this product at the price that is assessed by Argus. And that allows people to take some of that difficult negotiation out of their sales. They know what the price is. They can just then work together with their customers on things like volume or in, you know, making sure it arrives at the time they want and then the quality they want. Um, and then they might also use it for things like risk management. So they may want to ensure that they can lock in a certain price. Now we don't provide any risk management tools ourselves. We just provide the price and then other companies or exchanges, they will provide the risk management tools, but that's another way that it is used. And then things like governments who want to track pricing so that they can see how they're pricing, you know, the taxes that they're getting, whether they're getting what they're expecting from the prices. And that's probably more in the metal space where they get royalties and things, but there's uses in agriculture as well. Um, so that's another thing. And then in reporting. So when you're reporting up to your board and you're saying this is what we did, and then you have a comparison to say this is what the, the Argus price was, and this is what our price that we got. So that's another thing that people use it for. So there's, there's lots of different uses um, that people use. So I, I understand, um, you know, the, the uses now. I guess one of the things is that anybody who's going to use your reports or your indexes is going to be relying on your skills and integrity. So we'll, we'll delve, delve a little bit more into that, Joe, because... In Australia, where we first became aware of Argus is in the new, uh, what can we say? It's a new uh, Angus, uh, sorry, the new flatback steer price, Queensland flatback steer price. Yeah. And, um, and that's where we first became aware of what you were doing. And one of the questions in this is always, well, how do you actually, as an independent organisation, how do you actually source the data? How do you verify it? And how do you present it to give people confidence that they can use these uh, reports and index, uh, indexes, as you've described. Yeah. So we, we always have a methodology that we apply to any price. And as I say, I'm not from the agricultural sector. I've actually come, I'm a journalist originally, and I've come through doing lots of stuff in the oil and gas and coal um, spaces. But what we did with the agricultural product was that we hired somebody who knows the market really, really well. And then we applied our structure around that. So we have um, at the moment a lady called Jess up in Dolby. She knows the cattle market extremely well. And then we have trained her around the way that we select the prices. So she um, spends most of Wednesday and Thursday on the phone, just calling people, getting prices from them. Um, she knows a few of the people, other people she's met through this process. Um, and she has an understanding by the end of, Thursday, she has a very clear picture of where the market is. We don't have a, you know, it is always a volume weighted average or it's always the average. We apply a kind of journalistic framework around it because over the years and years of doing this in lots of different commodities, any um, kind of mathematical formula that you create can be gamed. So by looking at what people are saying to you and having an understanding of that market and then having a framework that you loosely apply to that 
you have the freedom to say that is a really high price or that is a really low price or that's a big change. What, what could be driving that? So it's about understanding those markets and applying an editorial principle to it to make sure you get the right price. Um, having said that, you need to get a lot of input to make sure that you're um, applying that framework to enough data for it to be valid. So I'm, I'm talking today to Joe Clark from Argus, and we're talking about the work that Argus is doing, not only globally, but more specifically um, in helping develop a steer indicator out of Queensland. And you mentioned um, you mentioned Jess up in, I think she's in Dalby or Roma, and, and we were fortunate enough to catch up up in Brisbane at uh, Beef Expo. One of the things we noticed was that um, talking to feedlots and, and people who are very, who are going to be interested in this index, there is a lot of confidence in what you're doing. And I guess part of that is the Argus model, as you say, but a big part of it must be uh, the confidence in someone like Jess, who has really got all those connections. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we have Jess who understands the market really, really well. Um, and she's very connected in, and the more she's doing this, her connections are building out from Dolby. So we're, we're getting greater, greater confidence going into other markets and looking at things like export pricing and Angus pricing and things, but she knows that downs market extremely well. She understands really clearly what the specification of the cattle that we're looking for is. Um, and that allows her to disregard information that sits outside that spec. Um, and then sitting behind that as well is that we are IOSCO compliant. So we have the International Organization of Security Commissions who sit there and we are audited. So Jess has to keep extremely good records and explain why she has come to the price that she has come to each week. So it's not like she can just go rogue and make a decision. There is a lot of um, framework sitting around her to ensure that the price is the correct price each week. And I'm pretty sure, Joe, that she would be getting feedback every week from the people she's talking to as well. So I know just how that works in agriculture and in the cattle industry specifically. So, um, so the impressive thing for me, and you might pass this on to Jess, was the fact that she looked really comfortable in that space of, uh, of cattle producers up there. So, so that leads us, I mean, the real reason we're interested in this is, is not because there's another indicator being produced about cattle. It's what could be used for that indicator. And we know that, um, you know, there are people now who are looking to use that indicator as the uh, benchmark index for um, future contracts or swap products or call them what you like. And that's very exciting for agriculture. Has Does Argus have experience in this space or is that something that you keep at arm's length? So we have experience in that we've worked together with partners. So in this case, when we set the price up, we worked with Stonex where they were looking to develop a swap and they needed a price to base it on. So we've worked very hand in glove with them, but we are very separate. So our we understand the swaps markets, we understand the futures exchanges, and we work closely with them, but we are independent of them because the price needs to be something that everybody is really comfortable with. So no, we have no skin in the game of where the price is. We don't, um, we don't get anything if the price goes up or down. All that we get is for people paying to, to use the price in various different things, whatever that price may be. Um, so while we have a good understanding of those markets, we don't personally 
um, play in them at all. And none of our reporters are allowed to in any way engage in the swaps. They're not allowed to even own shares in companies that are associated with what they're reporting on, because um, we really do need to make sure that we are independent and that we um, can be audited and the auditors are going to be happy because um, there's been all kinds of scandals over the years where people have made things up. I don't know if you remember where the LIBOR, they were messing around with the interest rate exchanges and people got very, very upset. So, so it is a very um, regulated environment now. So it's, it's our place is separate from the people who are setting up the futures and the swaps, but we're there to provide the information for them to do that on. There have been some very good movies made, Joe, about um, people manipulating markets. And uh, so we certainly don't want to be involved in anything like that. Um, so the, just explain a little bit more about the the current Argus indicator, if you like. So there's one indicator that you've been developing in Australia. And I think it's a very good starting point because you're developing an indicator that represents a lot of cattle uh, from an area that has a big supply of those specific type of cattle. So just go through and explain a little bit more about that, please, Jay. Yeah, so we did a lot of consultation um, about what exactly the spec should be, both independently and then also talking to Stonex and some of their people. And we came up with a radius based around Dolby. So it's delivered within 300 kilometres of Dolby. It needs to be a flat back steer, which we kind of looked at various different tropical breed contexts, and we came up with 51% maximum um, to allow for that standard feeder steer um, price. We've also gone for milk and two, and um, so milk That's, and two teeth. Milk yeah. teeth. And Thank you. <laughs> I sound like a cattle girl now, don't I? Yes, you and, do. You're sounding, very, you're sounding very knowledgeable about the Australian cattle industry, yes, despite, I'm, I'm, despite I'm your learning. very precise accent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jess yes. is trying to teach me. Yeah. And, then, and then we've looked really at that 300 to 480 kilogram weight range. Um, so we've tried to keep it, so that people know exactly what we're pricing um, and exactly then they can run their own basis off that. So if they have something that's a bit more Brahmini, then they can go, well, I know that that always, you know, often sells at a discount of X yeah. to this price. What we've also tried to do is we've looked at other specifications. So the only price we've actually officially launched, so the only one that it is auditable at the moment is that flatback feeder steer price. Yeah. What we're also running is we're running some shadow pricing, looking at the Angus price. Um, and we're just in the final stages of trying to nail down exactly where the delivery point should be for that. Because while Dolby is easy, it may not necessarily include enough of the, the herd. Yep. So we're kind of trying to find out exactly where the delivery is. But Jess has been doing a lot of work about you know, dentition and weights and all of those things um, for the Angus. Um, and then, we, we will still have all that shadow pricing that we have had, but it will just become a much tighter spec when we actually launch it so that we can be 100% sure that people will understand exactly what we're pricing. Um, and we've also looked at, but we're still, still working on exactly what specification we need, um, either a southern price, a southern feeder steer price, or an export, um, live export price or a, some kind of um, trim price. Yeah. But these are all things that are in the mix and we, we, we don't want to move too quickly because it's really important that when we, we felt so confident when we launched the feeder steer that we had a really good spec that the industry, we'd spoken to so many people, they were going to be confident 
dealing in that. And we really want to continue that model before we launch more products um, and people maybe become disengaged with the process because there's too much information that they don't truly believe in. Yeah, no, I get that. And and look, it is, uh, it's a very delicate thing to be doing in Australia because we do have a history of failed um, national indicators, if you like, that um, have been used for um, you know, all sorts of contracts. So we need, and, and that's why I'm really pleased to understand what you're doing, because the more I learn about what you're doing, Jay, the more confident I am that it's a good starting point. And I, I take on board and I agree with the fact that, you know, let's start, you, you know, starting something quite specific, but also with quite a bit of volume makes a lot of sense. I suppose what we're saying is um, from a company point of view, um, is that, uh, you know, if, if these are the sort of things that, that the Australian cattle industry needs, and we all agree on that, then we all need to get behind and support you. So we're very happy to do that. Um, one of the things that's going to come out of this is that um, this particular indicator is, and you've mentioned it already, is going to have be compared with other cattle types. And, you know, that's where basis comes into it. And our view is once farmers feedlots and processors understand basis, they really understand their market price. I guess one of the things we do at Mercado is we, without probably defining it, Joe, we do a lot of looking at basis and basis comparing different um, prices and different specifications even. And, and one of the things you learn is that um, there are patterns and there are rhythms to prices and uh, sometimes they're just nicely in sync. Other times they're out of sync and you look at that and you can see opportunity or you can see risk. And so I think part of what you're doing, Joe, is going to help open up to the cattle industry in Australia, this understanding or this greater understanding of markets and their movements. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Well, look, Joe, it's been fantastic talking to you. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, and this came about after our meeting up at Beef Expo. And then we've had a subsequent hookup with um, with your people in London. Um, each time I speak to you, I, I become more confident that you're going to be a, a really serious influence in the Australian cattle industry. And, and I welcome you for that. Um, we'd love to have a talk to you again. I think also we'd love to have a talk to Jess. So perhaps we might do that in the future. But thank Absolutely. you very much. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Robert. You're welcome. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Bye.